Hey everyone, welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast. This is episode 30, and if you are in the Northeast, we are currently under a really gross, nasty heat wave. So um, if I sound incoherent at any point, I blame it on the heat. I don't, Fahrenheit and I don't get along. I'm so sorry, but Fahrenheit don't make no type of sense to me, so I only can tell about the heat in Celsius. Uh, so if you're like, I wonder what the heat is like in Celsius. Uh, the high for today was uh, 36 degrees. But like with humidity, it's been feeling closer to 38 to 40 all day, which is awful. Hell. Hell on earth. And sadly, I do not have AC. So whew, my fan has been working overtime to at least briefly give me a feel of lukewarm air. Not hot air, not cold air, but lukewarm. So yes, if I sound a little cuckoo, a little loopy, um, it is because of the, you know, overwhelming heat that has cocooned my body because it is overwhelmingly hot uh, this this day in July, in the summer, in the Northeast, in the New York City, in the Bronx. Anyway... So, if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, um, I'm a big fan of Nalini Singh. You're probably like, are you? Yes. Yes, I am. And so, right, I, I, I did all these episodes about the Psy Changeling series, which is how I first found Nalini Singh, right? Right, branded by fire and was like, bitch, 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 this is good, this is so, I'm pretty sure the first time I read it, I, like, went to sleep, like, really late, and then, like, had to work at Starbucks, and that was a whole hot mess, but anyway, so eventually, I think at some point, I get to a point where I read all the books I could get from the library in the Side Changeling series, and I don't know if I just, like, picked up a Guild Hunter book, or what happened, I don't remember how I then learned about the guilt hunter series but i did and because of course you know i now knew it was a series i started with book one right because as opposed to you know anyway so i was like all right i'm gonna read angel's blood and i wasn't sure i i already knew that i liked vampires um and stuff like that because i had been you know one of those people that had really enjoyed twilight until the movies fucked it all to hell and back um i also was a big big fan of J.R. ward's black dagger brotherhood so i was like okay vampires i'm pretty sure i hadn't written anything with archangels and angels really so i was like okay not really sure how that's gonna work but this other series that she has has been so so good and i have to wait because i've read everything i get my hands on so why not let's do it let's try it you know maybe maybe i'll like it maybe i won't so i read angel's blood and was like what in the oh my holy bucket like words gone you know i could i could make i'm pretty sure i made weird screeching sounds like i was some sort of weird fucked up dinosaur or like whatever because wow was that book good now here's 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 the thing right i'm like realizing that i i'm pretty sure i i don't think i've actually reread angel's blood actually 
I feel like at some point I did reread it, but it was still like a really long time ago. And what I've usually done in the last few years is read the book right before the new book is coming out. So the book that came out the year before, I read that in the lead up a few weeks or a few, you know, a month or so out of the next book coming out in the series. But I don't think that I've done a full series reread. Um, so guess what? Guess what, guys? We're doing a full series reread for the podcast because on November 24th, 2020, assuming, right, that the world has literally not blown to bits and it better not because I need this book, um, Archangel Sun will come out on November 24th, 2020. So what that means is I'm going to be reading every book, full book, not novellas, um, in the Guilt Hunter series leading up to Archangel Sun. Okay, friends. Um, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna take that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take that deep dive into the series, which is phenomenal, incredible, brilliant. I mean, I don't have enough words for y'all for this um you're probably like oh my god so if you are sitting listening to me you're like esther i've never read any of the guilt hunter books i do not know anything about them cool i'm going to talk about them right now without trying to spoil anything right so the guilt hunter series is also what we would consider a paranormal romance series similar to size changely and it's paranormal because it's got things like vampires angels and archangels yeah yeah you, you, you. so those are things that don't happen in as far as we know um in our everyday lives so we consider those things paranormal or supernatural whatever so it is a series now i think one of the things that is different about this specific series as opposed to the side changeling series our main couple so uh Raphael who I don't remember if Raphael even has a last name to be honest I think he's just always Raphael or Archangel Raphael and then um our heroine Elena Devereaux and her full name is Eleonora but she don't like that she's like Elena or Ellie anyway they as opposed to in the side changeling series it's like we've got a couple per book and we see couples um in later books uh you know we get glimpses of them scenes whatever but each book is a different couple that is not exactly what happens with this series because we start this this first book is Raphael and Elena um and it's not like and then the next book is a completely different uh two people right um it isn't so it is it operates in a slightly different sort of fashion it's also a smaller cast of characters i feel like um and so it's not it's not that the world isn't expansive and things don't happen all over the globe because they do but i do think that it is a much sort of um smaller sort of tighter knit casting um and so so 
okay you're probably like i don't know where you're going with these what i'm trying to say is like you're gonna read the first book and then the next book is going to also focus on you know the same main couple now i am usually the kind of person that's like no if it's a series i want like a different couple per book but then um as I said, I'm a stan. And also, at the time when I started reading The Guild Hunter, I didn't know this. But when I got to the second book and it was like the same couple, I didn't have a problem. Because technically, when Angel's blood ends, it it, it definitely feel, feels like a happy for now. In the sense that like there's still so much that is unresolved. Right? Our, our main couple is together. But there are so many questions. So so many questions especially now that i reread i'm like ooh, ooh, ooh. there are so many questions so i don't think that you get to the end of that book and think oh of course we move on to someone else it it makes sense that then you know the second book which in case you're like eh, what is that one called archangel's kiss is also about not about is centrally focused on our main couple now in this first book angel's blood we meet a large number of characters who we will see throughout the series uh some who will get their book some whose book has not yet been written but we're all desperately desperately begging for and i feel like that first book really really sort of sets the tone and the pace and gives you a really sort of great basis in the world so that as you go into future books you're not like this world building seems crazy you're like nah this this made total sense now this also might you know seem real real crazy to y'all but whatever i live in new york city the the series is set mainly set in new york because Raphael is the archangel of north america and he has his tower in new york city so there have been times when i've read it and i'm just like yo like what if one of these like ridiculously tall buildings that they've just now built was like you know the archangel archangel tower like was Raphael's tower and i mean obviously like what would it be like to just be walking like down central park west or central park east and just seeing like angels just floating through the sky and flying and diving off balconies and all that jazz like what and i think that the essence of new york city the crazy sort of drive the the um uniqueness of certain opportunities shows up really well on the page um and so is it the new york that i live in no but it, it it's not like a such a foreign new york that i'm like girl what in the what in the what is this this ain't new york this is made up no it feels like is this the it feels like what new york would be like if it was a supernatural world that had vampires and angels and archangels um, so it this first so if you are you know you're in a romance if you're into sort of f- fantasy if you're into that sort of world building but it's also in some ways feels comfortable because it's not on a completely like it's not in a different you know solar system it's not on a different planet it's not on a different galaxy it's not you know it's still you know our our first sort of foray into the world we're in New York and the archangels of course 
are sort of in charge of different parts of, you know, planet, goddamn Earth, not anywhere else. Um, so there is, like, it's this weird, like, some of this feels comfortable and obviously known, right? Because these are, like, the literal borders of things as they stand for us in real life right now. But then, of course, you throw in everything else. But I think that this very first book just really gets into what is sort of the core essence of the series, maybe, right? This is a... Oh, we meet Elena and Raphael at a point in time where they're, they're meeting and their subsequent relationship is happening when everything is changing, right? And when you're able to look back on things, right, you're able to look back at history, you're able to pinpoint, oh, this was the moment when these and these and these things happened that led to X, Y, Z, right? But of course, when you're reading the book and you're meeting these characters, you, they don't know, just like is, when you're reading it for the first time, you don't know that their meeting and everything that's going to sort of come from that is going to affect the world in ways that we we can't see yet because we're in book one. But like when we get, so Archangel Sun, I believe is book 13 and I'm, you know, obviously hella excited for that book, but I can already see having now, you know, just recently reread book one, all of the places where Nalini gave us the kind of information that later comes up in other books that it's like, that's where the answer to that question was that, that the answer was always there in book one. We didn't have the question for it though, or we didn't understand that that tidbit of information would resurface again in book eight or would resurface again in books you know stuff like that which I love that um I I suck at like the first time reading through and catching all of those things but when I reread especially when I reread like a series in order one after the other I'm able to catch it and I'm just like oh 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 I see what you're doing now um like I said, this is a romance, right? So there's you know, people falling in love. And I think that what is interesting, if you're like, Esther, I've read Psy Changeling or I've read Her Contemporary. What what are the things that are maybe going to be different in the Guild Hunter series or are going to be the same? Nalini has always spoken. Um, if you've ever like, you know, been lucky enough to see meet her in person or like if she's at an event or panel or just see her um, on an online event, she talks about how she likes writing about families and relationships and found families. Um, and I think that in both cases, um, in both series are that first first heroine we meet um inside changeling sasha doesn't have a found family she finds a family right through um lucas and dark river in guilt in this guilt and angel's blood um elena has a found family right so she is meeting Raphael. she has a this support network her blood family there are issues and we will then later see and understand why there are issues. But in this first book, you're just like, yeah, her father is a, mm, eh. So I think what, if you're just like, okay, well, I think I want to read it, but I'm not really sure why. Read it because 
there are wonderful examples of you know that fan found family dynamic um we have two really strong characters Elena and Raphael are hella strong uh separately they are not no one is sort of meek or weak-willed or subservient or no, no we're talking about two really really strong personalities having to clash and then come together um and i think it's done really 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 well um so i think that's all i can say without like really spoiling it because i feel like anything else i say i'm gonna get real real into detail and then you're gonna be like pero i said you know spoilers and you are spoiling and what the fact is double tf so i'm gonna stop here i'm obviously gonna come back then i'm gonna really go into spoilers um and i'm going to uh, for those of you who have read this series um definitely you know hit me up on the twitter streets the instagram dms um and sort of like tell me like when you when you first read that first book like you know when you first finished angel's blood like what was sort of your reaction like whoa and or if you don't remember what what has been your reaction in subsequent rereads because i've i mean i got to the end and i was like right and of course it's like one of the you know because it's like book 13 is coming out it's like oh so i've read one so i've got 11 more to go before the next one comes out of course next year i'm gonna be like what in the world why ah but i'll figure that out for for the future so i'm gonna pause here and then i'm gonna come back and then it's going to be spoilers about angel's blood and potential serious spoil spoilers sorry or not i don't know okay so now it's spoiler time so yes angel's blood first book guilt hunter and this book i mean i feel like we start this book and we get so much information thrown at us right we meet elena we meet her father we meet her younger sister we meet her best friend sarah we meet her other friend ransom uh we meet vivek who is you know works at guilt hunter and has you know his paralysis and all of that um for De- for Raphael, we meet several members of his seven, his loyal sort of core group of of men who follow him. So we meet Dimitri, we meet Venom, we meet Jason, we meet Ilium. Um, we meet pretty much the in all of the the cadre. I don't know, is it cadre, cater, cadre? I call it cadre, so that's what I'm gonna keep saying. Um, we meet the cadre of archangels. So we meet Favashi, Lihuan, um, Elijah, Astad, Karasemnon, is it Mika, Michaela, Michaela, whatever the fuck her name is, I don't even like her. Um, of course, Uram is, you know, the main focus of this book, and then he dies, thank God, because, oof, is he terrible. Um, but this book gives us so much information right from the jump. Like, there isn't, like, we're sort of slowly, like, it's like, like there's a volley of information coming at you because you're going to need it to be able to understand where the series is going right the information so much of the information that we get in this first book um 
we then see play out. Um, I didn't realize because, like I said, I hadn't reread the first book in ages that Lee Kwan talks about, you know, the man who would have made her a little bit more mortal in this first book, right? This is vital information for, you know, later when bitch goes insane. But like, you don't know that when you first like pick this up and read, you're just like, hmm, okay, like, cool. Um, there's just so many things that are happening in this first one that you're like, oh, I see. Because here's the thing, right? Elena's like, Gil's a hunter. She's a hunter. She's hunter born. But little details like the fact that like her hair doesn't hold on to hair dye. And like later we find out like, so your grandpa, like not only like we find out, you know, both the history on her father's history on her mother's side um and how all of that sort of comes together to make the woman that she is um so i feel like this very first book just like it, you, i don't even think it like hits the ground running it hits the ground of like you know rocket launch of like just and it's fast paced it's not a slow sort of paced romance um i will say this because I hadn't read this first book in a while, I had forgotten that Raphael was kind of a, not kind of, yo, dick, dick extraordinaire. Not like, like, you know, the fucking part, but like just the attitude part. Like, I was like, I feel like in some ways he's even more of an asshole than like Caleb or any, any of our sort of main heroes um, in the side changeling series. Like, I was just like, oh you really just oh you really but again it makes sense in terms of the characterization he is an archangel and what we're being shown over and over and over again is archangels are who they are because of various factors and big factors are time and the fact that like you know death torture pain all those things don't really matter when you're gonna live forever and the the way that that much absolute power completely and utterly corrupts people um unless there are other things within their life right like people that they care about like families that they have created whether like elijah they have an actual you know consort what's her name hannah i think or you know Raphael's case he's got his seven and then and even having his seven right when he meets Elena we're being shown more than once that like he has made decisions that are if not on the line just over the line of like you know a a brutality that is just I'm you know makes sense for an archangel but everyone's always looking at you like dear god you are the boogeyman even though you're so pretty kind of thing and so her the introduction of her into his life is sort of what is this huge catalyst for him not going down this road that he's clearly on and obviously we can infer that had he never met Elena um then you know he would have continued to go down that path and turned into potentially as depraved as some of the others but then there's also the question, like, is that true? Like, maybe even without Elena in his life, Raphael wouldn't. But, like, he's not, he's not, like, uh, if you're, like, oh, my God, I love heroes who are, like, 
all about good and kindness and like compassion. Yeah, no, this ain't him. So sorry. Um, but again, it's because he holds a position of of power, and it is because the thing, you know, he rules, you know, North America. Each archangel has, you know, their sort of section of the planet that they rule. And, you know, if if they don't rule through fear, vampires get lax and then go into bloodlust and, like, murder everybody inside. Um, I also really like the concept of how vampires are made, right? Because, obviously, vampires are not a new sort of subject or choice in paranormal, right? And Twilight motherfuckers, like, glittered like fucking diamonds or whatever. It was weird. Um in the bdb brotherhood they don't glitter because they can't be outside at all um they will definitely die die and can only be you know in the nighttime and are a race of people cannot turn convert anyone because in twilight like you can get bit and turn into a vampire and bdb you cannot so sorry you're either born vampire or you're born human there is no you can be born, you can be of mixed parentage and end up, you know, skewing vampire, whatever, but you can't. In this case, in this world, there is a toxin that archangels have to sort of basically regularly purge. And that toxin can then be administered to humans to turn them into vampires. Some people can survive that toxin. Some people won't survive that toxin. Some people survive but are, you know, either insane or mentally diminished so there are risks um and vampires aren't immortal but as they get older it takes much much more i believe vampires need to either be decapitated or have their heart completely removed to die um whereas like archangel or angels i think it's the same you need to be i believe your heart needs to be removed um and archangels only another archangel can kill you and it needs to be like your heart ripped out and you know an explosive blast of energy so that your body basically shatters from the inside out you're like hey that's gross i mean it's just you know it is what it is um so so this is both a modern world because we're not in a time of like this is we're not looking at archangels angels and vampires in a in a in a historical context it's happening you know in what we would consider present day i mean you know as in like if we lived in a parallel universe to that world um so people have cars and cell phones and all that jazz and social media and blah 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 blah, blah. um but there are certain differences um, because it's not our world. Um, and I think that, I mean, like I've said, I think she's a brilliant writer, but I think she really does. This, this series, I feel like, really brings home the found family aspect because Elena has such a difficult, you know, relationship with her blood family. It is filled with so much chaos and strife and when we meet her in this book we don't know the reasons why we know that her dad's a dick we know that her sister seems really kind of like a ditz and not that bright um and her brother-in-law is a dumb dumb or he annoys me 
But as the series progresses, we're going to learn about her father. We're going to learn about her mother, about her two older sisters who died. And as when we get the fuller picture of that, we'll be able to understand a lot of the reaction that her father because when you first read the book you're like this man ain't shit he's terrible i don't like him when you get like nine ten books in you're like okay i still won't like him but i can understand him and in that respect i do think it is similar to um nikita in the nolini in the Nalini, in the Changeling, uh, Side Changeling series, in that when we first meet Nikita in the first book, we're like, so terrible mom. And, you know, when by the point we are now with the book, you know, Alpha Knight that just came out, it's like, hold up. Yes, Nikita is trash because she's done some trash shit, but her motivations for doing so are much much more layered and nuanced than we ever could have imagined when we first met her and we might disagree with her methods but we can now understand why she made the decisions that we she made and i think we see that again in this book with elena and her father um the cast of characters uh that we meet right dimitri fascinating you want to know more about him ilium oh my god you want to know more about him venom hello you want to know more about him everyone that she sort of puts on the page you're like whoa wait what tell me more like you're left wanting so much more which of course it's a series which is i think what you want in a series you don't want to get to the end of a book that's in a series a connected series and just be like oh no you know i'm good i don't need to you want to get to the end of that book and be like where's the next one how long, much longer do I have to wait? Currently, right now, if you've never read Guild Hunter and you're listening to the spoilers bar because you don't care about spoilers, you don't have to wait for the first like 12 books, right? Because book 13 comes out in November, but the first 12 are here. They're out. You can purchase them on, you know, a digital device. You can purchase them from a bookstore, uh, whether you go in person or you order online. They are out in the world and you can read them. You can, you know, tell yourself you're going to take, you know, time um i definitely felt like i read through it really fast because i just couldn't really put it down because i kept being like oh but what happens next but like you have to go to sleep i'm like i know but like four more pages which like i don't know why we lie to ourselves with that four more pages shit because 47 pages later you're like oh crap i know i said four more pages but oops i'm a um but i feel like this very first book really just sort of gives us a really great introduction into this world into who elena and Raphael are and i think gives us hints of who they can be and will evolve change into right because both elena and Raphael, as i mentioned earlier are really strong personalities elena's not like a guild hunter who's like yeah you know like i go out and I hunt vampires and then i go home and oh i don't even think i mentioned that yeah so Anyone who's hunter-born means that they can actually smell vampires, like, in a way that other regular humans can't. And when humans uh, sign up to be vampires and are approved, they have to uh, do a hundred... They sign a hundred-year contract with the angel, right? 
So you're kind of like, so if you decide to go and be made, because that's uh, vampires are made, and you're approved, then you are in contract. So the toxin's coming from Raphael. Well, Raphael isn't going to manage all these motherfucking vampires. You got better shit to do. So his angels that work with him or whatever, they will then be basically the one holding the contract, da, 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 and they handle all of that. So you have to sign a 100-year contract. That means you are contracted to work for that angel in wherever they are for a 100 years. After that, you can do what you want with your life. But before that, girl, try running. That's where the guild hunter, guild, um, that's where the guild comes in. Because the guild is filled with hunters and they will come and chase you down because you've broken your contract. And it's their job too. Because if there is some sort of that strict control, vampires will devolve into bloodlust. And, you know, just butcher humans left, right, and center because they'll just go, you know, basically rogue kind of thing. So I thought it was really... Um, so, so Elena's a hunter and I was like, but she's not just like, whatever. She's very much like, nah. And she is, you know, willing to go toe to toe with an archangel, which is crazy. It's literally a death sentence. Like, girl, you're human. You're not even like a, you're human. And he's an archangel. Like, talk about crazy, crazy, crazy power differentials one person like he has the power within him to like annihilate parts of the planet and you you can send vampires <laughs> like like yeah you are not we're not on the same level and can't be that doesn't mean though that you aren't able to forge a relationship with such drastic power differentials it's gonna be work it's gonna take time it's not going to be easy but it can be done and it can be done well right um and so i think that's also something that i really sort of appre- i i always appreciate heroines that are really sort of independent and strong and willing to do what it takes um because i like that you know don't get me wrong i totally get that there are heroines that need to be saved and da, da, da. but it's like but like I would prefer that you need to be saved because you did everything within your power to get yourself out of a situation. And, you know, if that wasn't enough, then you're saved. Not like you sort of sat there and was like, well, someone's coming to save me. So it's fine. I'll just stay here until they come, until they arrive. Like, girl, what if? No. Um, So, yeah, this first book is really really i feel like draws you and sort of sucks you in and is like whoa like this is this world and maybe a part of me is thinking like maybe because the whole the concept of how vampires are made and angels and archangels is different like i don't to be honest i don't read i don't think i've read any other series of from another author that had angels because i feel like for me personally angel books i'm like "Eh, okay an angel i don't know almost seems to i don't know it doesn't really scream in my name or appeal to me which i think is why it took a while to get into this to to even open up this first to open up angel's blood but once i did i was like "Mm, oh oh Uh, maybe because 
in my head for very often I sort of equate angels with like obviously religion and all that jazz and I'm just like eh no not really I don't want to sound might be a little too you know Christian preachy for me but like you read this book it's like no it has nothing to do with that like the angels are beings that fly and are immortal has nothing to do with like Christianity or Catholicism or nah nothing to do with that so it's a I think it's a really sort of interesting the other thing that um this book I really I've always really liked the way in the way in which Nalini writes diversity and that characters are from different backgrounds but it's not she doesn't resort to you know talking about everybody like there's some sort of food shade I saw a video I think I saw it on um I saw it on Instagram and there was a black woman saying you know like you know like when people describe a a black woman when white people describe black women um their skin or whatever and it's like they do it in food terms it's like oh my goodness your mocha chocolate cocoa coffee cafe au lait you know chicory coffee cinnamon dusted skin tone and like it's just like a litany of words you know you care caramel um burnt sugar goddess and you're just like what and so then she was like what if we did it you know to white people like oh my goodness you um what was it it was like cotton candy sugar uh milk cream um but she went in like snow cone um <laughs> which snow cone killed me um snow cone um just think of like things that are like white like you know sweet onion alabaster like that's not food related but like imagine being described like a sweet onion because like that's how pale you are that's crazy so what i really like what i really appreciate is that when we're reading we're meaning the different characters um who are of different sort of ethnic backgrounds she isn't talking about them like like their food related things um she's speaking it's using color as opposed to food which i think that sometimes we get too much of that and we can get too much of that in romance like her you know her bosom was like fresh cream why why the fuck are we talking about boobs and fresh cream together they have not like ew like like next you're gonna be like her her boobs were the same you know the milkiness of like greek yogurt like do we do that no so why why i don't ever want to hear you know coffee and cream you know skin tone i'm I'm, what what like i mean and if you're gonna say caramel then say blue to the leche or something like you know really really wrong with it um (laughs) because i'm over it you know so i really i really like and i appreciated that because the book is set in new york city and it's made clear from the very beginning that this is you know like the new york city that exists it is a diverse city it is not a city of just like white people because it isn't but there are people who will write an entire series set in new york or just outside of new york and be like people of color don't know them don't know them haven't ever seen them and it's like it's like um that show that trap what was that shit on hbo girls 
that's set in Brooklyn, like in, you know, the 2010s and there were no people of color in in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, questions. So all these are all things that like, as I was reading, I was like, oh, oh, oh. And again, there's, because by the time we get to the end of the book, we're left with, we know Raphael and Elena are together. But whatever that they've just finished dealing with is just the beginning. And it's very clear when that book ends um, in the epilogue that this is just the beginning and so much more is coming. And so I think that I think is a really great by ending the book that way and not it just being like, oh, these two are like so happy together um, kind of thing. Then we are able to then understand like feel comfortable when the next book is still them um and not just like and we're not going but like why isn't it is something 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 like why isn't it someone else because you know the book after that book three is archangel's consort so our first three books are you know focused on this main couple and what they're going through but book four archangel's blade that is about a a member of the seven dimitri so it's different from the side changeling series where literally every single book is a different couple um and we just see that in this we don't have that it's all verse three are the same but um yeah because it's literally the very last page um Raphael and Dimitri are talking and um this is something like he they say it on the page and I was like oh my god I feel it in my in my heart in my soul um and I'm gonna read it out to you Dimitri nodded and when he next spoke his tone his tone was quiet Elena will change us she already has as wild and relentless as these fierce mountain winds, his hunter would never simply accept the way of things. And for a race of immortals, that might be the roost of awakenings. Anticipation hummed in his blood. And I think that that putting that in there is letting you know, right, um, the way things have been, which we don't need to know because we're meeting here and then going forward that's about to change and Elena's a huge catalyst of that and we're going to then see in coming books in ways that her presence her existence and her relationship with Raphael are going to change the the literal future and as a reader I was just like oh my god tell me more share with me give me the details tell me everything so i definitely like got to the end of this book and was like i almost immediately wanted to start on the next one but i was like hold up don't do that because then you'll get you might you know let it all bleed together into the episode and no good um but i think that if you've never read guilt hunter the series like the guilt hunter series you have to just just do it just join along with me if you have read it definitely you know you might want to reread because i think it is i really enjoyed it i think the only thing was i had forgotten how much Raphael was a dick and i was like whoa but at the same time seeing 
him come to terms with the fact that like this mortal means so much to him was like oh yas 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 um i really really did enjoy that because it was like oh my goodness thank you so much for this um but it is really i think such a good first book because it gets you hooked you're like i want to know what happens i need to know what happens what is happening you know like tell me tell me more um so yes loved it loved it loved it loved it um and i'm pretty sure that i mean like i said there's only 11 more books before archangels sun so that's technically 11 weeks someone's out there honking being a douchebag rude and uh i think we have actually i have not counted do we have 11 weeks between now and november i mean i I don't know anymore time is relative uh but yeah um really 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 love it join me in rereading or reading for the first time if you're reading for the first time please like share with me um what you love what you don't love what what catches your eye because it you know we all get hung up on different little things all right i'm going to pause here i'll be right back yes okay so last little bit um i finished the roommate by brandy bush and it's like a is it erotic romance or just erotic story i don't know anyway it is so good i loved it so much it is it the last like look i want to say the last 15 percent maybe 10 hot like you're gonna need ice water hot but yes the roommate by brandy bush which like technically is katrina jackson bush um if you haven't you know delighted your eyeballs with it you should delight your eyeballs with it i really I really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward. I believe the next book is called The Nanny and I'm just like um and I've also been watching Golden Girls because you know need to find something that brings me joy and I really enjoyed it. Maybe it's because I'm older also but I like a lot of the themes. I definitely want all of their clothes. Not everything but there's like different things that like all four of them wear that I'm like I want that in my closet and i want that in my closet i want that in my closet um so i've really been enjoying the golden girls so yeah just wanted to add those two things like the roommate by brandy bush you need it in your life it's gonna be awesome um and then of course uh if if you've already watched the golden girls you're probably like girl yeah i knew that they were the bomb.com if you haven't it's on hulu and um i really am really really enjoying it all right, so that's it for this week. Um, literally stay hydrated because it is fucking, you know, hell-ish temperatures out there. It's wild. It's wild. I don't like it. I mean, I like, no, I like heat, but this is getting a bit excessive. So yeah, stay hydrated, wear a mask. COVID is, is still here. <laughs> Hasn't gone nowhere. Um, what else? remember to eat something once in a while you know throw in a vegetable once in a blue moon maybe a a fruit something you know treat yourself um and just you know 
take each day as it comes because real life is 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 difficult right now for all of us and it's hard sometimes to navigate that ooh there's an instagram that i've started to follow um called the nap ministry and it talks about how rest is so vital um not just for like you know because you need it but it's vital as a tool of resistance and that this idea that we need to be constantly productive and always doing and making and creating and is 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 false and i'm they're on instagram um the nap ministry and i was always like "Ooh, naps for what but now i'm like you know what why not why not right we tell kids to take naps why do we as adults deprive ourselves of of that why do we see that as something that's just for children like as if we don't need rest as if we don't need moments to just close our eyes and daydream or or sleep or just lie in a state of just being so yeah also that you know consider that um and yeah i will speak to you guys next week okay bye